What's going on, Bench Wars? Welcome back to episode 32. Man, do we have a fun episode for you. March Madness is in full swing. March Madness, which you'll hear about here in a minute from Jimmy and his COA. It's a fun week. We have a lot of great stuff coming for you. NFL, free agency talk, NBA talk, trade deadline stuff, NHL as well. We'll be on the Tell It As It Is podcast, which you can hear next or tomorrow if you're listening to this on Wednesday. Wednesday, and then we will also have the full bonus episode on Friday with returning guest Jeremy Fear, and then my roommate in college and longtime friend Jonas Starr. So you won't want to miss that coming out Friday. You can also enter our bracket challenge still. Don't forget to go through our uh, link tree and go join in on that. Winner will get a t-shirt, a blue t-shirt, and a white t-shirt as well. So go enter on that. You're at Pod on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. TikTok as well. Um, we're growing all those. YouTube page, Far Under the Bench. Don't forget to go hit that like and subscribe button over there. But, man, do we have a fun episode, Jimmy. March Madness in full swing. My lopes are in the tournament. How are we feeling? It's good. I'm really excited for the wrestling tournament. I don't know of anything else happening this week. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Jim, Jim. Bench warmers, it's finally here. It's finally back. Two years, no wrestling tournament, no basketball tournament for that matter, but it's it's my center of attention. So you know I'm talking about wrestling. March Madness starts Thursday night. Finishes Saturday night. It's going to be great. I've, uh, I have I told you guys, I go all in. Ten brackets filled out, plus wrestlebacks. And then I also have all of my notes here with the – I went through every single weight class, ten weight classes, and ranked out, somehow finished out the All-American seedings, one through eight. And then I used those points. I calculated – yeah, I did math. I calculated – the minimum amount of points that the t- the wrestlers would have to score for the team and then calculated my team rankings based off that. What I'm saying is, right now on the Unhinged Sports Network, there is a blog from me about a preview for this tournament, and it's got all of my information. So if you haven't watched any wrestling at all, you can go read that, check that out, and catch, catch up on it. If you have been watching, see if you agree with some of the things that I said, some of the rankings that I have. I'm sure I'll get some crap from people that I know about some of them. Unfortunately, I don't have a Colorado guy winning any weight class in the tournament, and it hurts me to say, but we have some representation, so it's going to be a fun night. I'll talk about it throughout this episode that you're about to listen to. I am so looking forward to having this tournament back. I missed it last year, and I'm ready for some grappling. And St. Louis, I wish I could be there in person, but St. Louis, you're going to have a hell of an audience watching Saturday night for the finals especially. That's this week's Center of Attention presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. This episode of The Far End of the Bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant is presented by the Unhinged Sports Network in partnership with Fanatics and Fubo TV. Ladies and gentlemen, this is one of my favorite weeks of the year. Favorite weeks, next couple weeks is some of my favorite time of the year. We didn't get it last year. We finally get it this year. We have March Madness. We have March Madness. NBA is in full swing. Angel, excuse me, is in full swing. NFL free agency. Free agency has been crazy and it's been open for a Fire me up, Jimmy. Six hours. My lopes are whack champions. 
Man, I am so fired up, man. This is I cannot wait, man. This is this is a lot of lot of great stuff to talk about. Like I said, my lopes are gonna be in the tournament for the first time in school history. Mm-hmm. Um I will be drinking my ass off on Saturday, hoping that we get the upset against Iowa. Not likely, but you never know. But man, it's it's like I said, you hit it on the nail on the head with the March Madness COA. Like we like we we miss this. I know you miss March Madness, and I miss March Madness. Like I said, I haven't filled out a bracket in two years. Yeah, that's weird. That is I, weird to me. I had that same feeling, but now I have a feeling I'm going to be seeing nothing but brackets for the, <laughs> yeah. for like the next three weeks. But it's I mean this is the greatest week, especially in this. This is the greatest week in the spring for sure. There's there's some things in the fall like Army Navy I think is a big sports weekend, mm-hmm. but this is one everybody loves the first few days of the tournament because it's when the games are on during the work day, so you <laughs> maybe call in the work, you maybe go hang out at the bar when you're sick at B Dubs with all the TVs. I don't know if or you, you really... don't pay any attention and just have it on your computer that too while, while you're at work, or you have a really cool. I'm gonna shout you out again, Mr. Weiss. That was awesome. We got to watch the the opening round. In class, instead of doing any of the schoolwork, uh, uh, Principal Silva, you didn't hear that. Yep. But this is this is just something that I think is, is going to be great. And the wrestling tournament starts Thursday night, and then there's wrestling Friday morning. So during work on Friday, I'm going to be having will not that. be doing any work this weekend. Let's put it that way. No, no, no work will be done. Sorry, no your employers, if you're if you're listening, but Jimmy will not be doing much work to, this weekend. I will do what I can, but there's a high likelihood that not much is going to be getting done. And then I'm going to go back and rewatch everything because I'm going to have as good as this preview blog is. And I finished it today because I knew it was going to take me some time for, since we're recording this Monday. As good as that one is, I got to have the recap one be just as good. So I got some work cut out for me. But I'm, I mean, this is, I'm excited. And then the, the tournament, we're finally at the point where I can defend my March Madness bracketology. We got we got we got a bunch of good uh, brackets in there. Obviously, they don't yeah. come out. You don't get we don't get to see who every team's winner is until the tournament starts. But we have, gonna, we've had I a lot. Interested to yeah, see, and we've had a lot of good entries so far. Mm. Some people are dropping twenty five brackets in our thing. You guys can do that. Enter as many times as you want. Yeah, the we win- didn't change that setting. So. Yeah, the winner will receive the blue shirt, and then also we're going to be purchasing one of the white shirts in whatever size you want. So um, you get two for one if you win the quote unquote March Madness bracket challenge twenty twenty one. So. Mm-hmm. Be sure to answer while you can, man, because by the time this is still entering, you still have time. I think you have until, I believe, Friday because they, they allow you to do it through the first four still. So Thursday, uh, the last chance you can do it is Thursday night, I believe. So be sure to get that in before then. I wasn't sure if it was going to cut off Wednesday night because games started Thursday. But, yeah, there's still plenty of time, especially if you're listening to the pre- premiere of this on the Unhinged Sports Network. Plenty of time to get your bracket in and then you're listening back as long as it's not – you know, the round, it's not the Sweet 16. You could still get some sort of a bracket in. I, I think at that point it would be a little bit too late. But uh, let's start. We're not going to talk about March Madness in this episode as much as we want to start breaking down some of the matchups. We'll get to that in the bonus episode that you can hear Friday at this time. And we will be breaking down every single yeah. game. If you heard our so, college bowl season pick em show, this is going to be the same thing except on college basketball. It's all the way until the championship game. Mm-hmm. We all will have, we all have our brackets 
all put up on our computer screens and we're looking at it as we go along. Yeah. And we're giving you our takes along with our Jeremy, who you guys know. The from original bench warmer. original bench warmer. And we have my uh, roommate back in college and longtime friend Jonah Starr coming back, coming on as well. First mm-hmm. time guests should be a lot of fun. Yeah. First time, long time. I don't know how that's long possible. Time, yeah. It's only been like six months, but hey. Uh, so let's start talking about some of these conference tournaments. You want to start or end at GCU? I'll let's, give you the let's option. Let's start. Let's start okay. here. First of all, man, my word. Okay, don't get me wrong. The WAC conference is not the best conference in in, in college basketball. Don't get me wrong. But I could I we we killed both teams. So we we played Seattle U on Friday night. Beat them by forty. The biggest blowout in a in WAC conference history in a single regular season or in a tournament game. Then we come back the next night and play New Mexico State, who the last we have been we have been tournament eligible for four years. Obviously, last year didn't count because they didn't play the tournament and blah blah blah. But the previous two years, we made the WAC championship and we lost to New Mexico State. The third time is the charm. We finally got over the hump. And for all those seniors that were there when we lost them every single year in the conference championship that finally got over the hump, and now to see GCU Grand Canyon on the bracket officially, it's 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 a chilling feeling because, like I said, there is – if you don't know what the GCU Havocs are, do yourself a favor and go to Instagram, go to Twitter, and search them up. Top, his, top five student section in top, all of top, top two, and top they're not two? number two. Okay. <laughs> top two, and they're not number two. Okay, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't sure if they obviously were... I'm a little biased, but but they are right up there with the Cameron Crazies at Duke. Um, the, the GCU Havocs is is nuts. It's a lot of fun, and we and we didn't even have the Havocs there in full this year. That just shows how good this team was. We finally got a great coach in Bryce Drew. No, no slack to Dan Marley, former Phoenix Sun, great, blah, blah, blah. But Bryce Drew, former uh, college basketball legend at Valparaiso and all that, he has he stepped in first year with the team and got them into the tournament. And, man, it's 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 so exciting. I, I cannot tell you the amount of hype, amount of fun all my friends from school have had um, with this team, even though we're all, we all moved on, we're all doing whatever now around the country. We're all still representing the Lopes. Um, it, it, it was cool to see all the Instagram stories of all my GCU friends because we all <laughs> there was one post saying let's dance from the GCU men's basketball and I saw it about on 50 different pages and that just brought chills to me because we finally made it and boy it's, is it a fun time yeah there was because I was paying attention on the far end of the bench page we started we were a Grand Canyon podcast that night. That's for we sure. Were. This is very but true. I was just seeing the uh, culture that was around it. Everybody was super excited. Everybody was loving what was going on. And they all had – nobody ever thought that there was – nobody ever had any doubt that you guys were going to win that. Oh, uh, We were killing them throughout that, the game. Well, but I was yeah. going to – like going into both games, there was no doubt in that community whether or not they were going to win. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a cool it, – it's one of the faster program rebuilds. The only other one that I could think of is probably CSU Pueblo after having their football team mm-hmm. cut for so long and then resurrecting it. But coming into Division One, being tournament eligible, and then making the tournament in four years, that's not only a credit to the seniors that are there now, but that's a credit to the seniors that were there Before, previous yeah. that never got the chance to be in the tournament, mm-hmm. the, the ones that had to deal with the transition and not being eligible for any postseason play. It's the, those building blocks that a program is built on and it's moving in the right direction, and it's going pretty quick. We could very well so, like see soon we could possibly see them moving to a bigger conference or, or something like that, but it's moving in the – it's trending in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, the one, the one thing about the WAC 
this year, why it was so important to win this year is next year we added four or I think it's either four or five new teams, and all these teams have been to the tournament. Stephen F. Austin had that run about five years ago. Abilene Christian, who was in the tournament this year, they're joining the WAC. Um, the WAC is growing more and more, hopefully – by a few years down the road now, this conference may be lucky to get one or get two bids now, mm-hmm. not necessarily just the one bid. Uh, so that's where they're trying to move this whack conference to. But man, it's a lot of fun. It's I, I wish Fanatics would have been able to drop the whack stuff. I know you probably have certain deals with certain stuff, and you don't have the whack gear out. But man, I I would have copped all the merchandise. But I mean, hey, if if you're if you're any of these conference championships champions we're talking about, go there. Most of them are on there, so especially the big ones. Go on to Fanatics and use that link. Yeah, our social media handle at FEOTB pod link trees in the bio, all the different links are in there and fanatics is going to start being very important coming up because I'm going to be using the hell out of it. I'll tell you that. And all of you should as well. If Nico's going to use it, you should take advantage as well. I think they do a promo code every single day. I have yeah. yet to be on the website where it's not at least 25% off. And I was on there for Christmas because surprise, most of the Christmas shopping that I did was through that link and they were up to 70% off, but there's always cool, cool, deals going on and it's not going to be just a if you win the national championship it's not just going to be a gonzaga bulldogs national championship shirt it's going to be a national championship coaster and speaker they have everything yeah and and whatever literally anything you want yeah uh moving on to some of the other conference tournaments uh that finished up yesterday let's talk about the big one and that's the big 10 ohio state illinois not michigan illinois like a lot of people were thinking going in it was a close game, went into overtime. Illinois ended up winning by three, but I think it's more important. Like, what what does this tournament run say for Ohio State moving forward? And it's not as much about Illinois as it is. What what do we learn about Ohio State? I mean, look, Ohio State, they got some dogs. There's no doubt about that. Them going through Iowa the round before and then getting to the, the conference championship is big. Uh, Michigan, no, there's no doubt in my mind Michigan is a good team. But I do think with the injury to one of their forwards, I can't think of the name on top of my head. I'm sure Jeremy will make me look like an idiot and tell me on, on a Friday's episode what the name is. But Michigan not having one of their star forwards may hurt them going forward. But this Illinois team, man, look out. Kofi Coburn is the best big man in college basketball. Pair that with Ayo DeSumino, who is a, probably a top 15 pick in this NBA draft upcoming. They got a bunch of dogs over there. In Illinois, man, this is the first time since, I think, 2003, maybe, that Illinois basketball has been put on the map when they had, and, and that 2003 team had Darren Williams, D. Brown, a bunch of, bunch of studs over there. And finally, Illinois basketball is there. And, man, they, they, they look like they are hitting their stride at the right time. Yeah, I t- tweeted it out last week. Uh, the Randy Marsh wheeling his wheelbarrows down down the street going to uh, – it's it's a funny episode of South Park. I, I would just say look it up. I don't necessarily want to explain all of it. Um, I mean, was that – do you think that this was a good outcome for the Big Ten? Do you think that it, it would have been better if they would have had – like in Iowa, get into it. Like one of the matchups that we were expecting, or was this a better situation? Well, look, Ohio State. They 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 beat Michigan already this year. They they've, they've been on some. They've on. They they're not a bad team. Don't get me wrong. Ohio State is deservedly a two seed this year, and they have taken off and done a lot of great things. And I think this is 
Ohio State team has a chance because they, they play a great team basketball. Mm-hmm. There's not necessarily one or two guys on Ohio State that's going to kill you. There's, there's, there's seven or eight deep that um, they can contend night in and night out. So when it comes to Ohio State and, and, and going forward, um, this, this Big Ten championship, I think you got to take, ha- take it for granted because there's no doubt in my mind they are a top-four team in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten, right? I think uh, – I don't know, but probably Big 12, maybe slight edge. But the Big Ten and Big 12 this year were by far the best conferences. And getting to the conference championship in the tournament, especially conference tournament, it is huge for that program. And Ohio State could make some noise, that's for sure. They're normally a wrestling and football school, so having them be decent in basketball. A lot of football schools are good this year. Yeah, there's a a lot of football schools that are good. Alabama, speaking of a football school that uh, was good, and they beat LSU in the conference championship, which is surprising. Is that the matchup that you expected? Who did you think was going to get to the SEC championship? The the other team that, that was cusp right there was Arkansas. Arkansas has has some good players. They have Indiana transferred over there. I like um, their but, coach too. Yeah, Arkansas has a good team. So that's that's the other team I was expecting that. But Alabama or that Arkansas LSU game, I believe, did get into overtime in the conference finals there, and that was a damn good game. So when it comes to both, when it comes to Alabama, I just I I just not sold because like I said, there's not a single person in the state of Alabama that knows that that they're in the in the tournament. They're like, wait, we, there's basketball on? Basketball is a sport? Uh, the college football is back? What? Is that a sport? Bryce Young? No. It, like this, look, Alabama, they have, they're, they're going to have a tough test in the tournament. But Alabama winning your conference, that is big. But it was a very, very down year for the SEC. Hmm. Look, Kentucky, not where they were. Um, Mizzou, they are a tournament team, but they weren't as good as they should have been. Um, when you have teams like Alabama, Arkansas, LSU, who aren't usually known as basketball schools, get that cusp. You got to take it with a grain of salt going into the tournament as it is, because you don't know because they don't have that experience necessarily. Alabama has never, I don't think, I mean, I may be wrong, but it's been a very long time since Alabama has been as high as a two seed in the tournament, mm-hmm. and I don't know how well that's going to play for them going forward. Uh, it's another another kind of shocking tournament tournament that ended up, I think, was. The Big 12 in Oklahoma State and Texas. Texas ended up getting the win. Uh, do you think this kind of puts a damper on the momentum Oklahoma State had going into the tournament? Because I, th- I think it elevates Oklahoma State a little bit, honestly, because they upset Baylor in the in the um, in the semifinals. And te- Texas is a team that is very, very good defensively. And Shaka Smart is one of the – I mean, going back to his Wichita State days, is one of the most underrated coaches in college basketball. And what Texas has been able to do from top to bottom, like I said, they don't have one star either. They're good. They're good depth-wise. They're good guard-wise up front as well. Um, but with with Oklahoma State, it's very surprising they got the four seed, especially too, because having beat Baylor and having made it all the way to the conference championship in a Big Twelve game, I think that gives them a little more boost, saying we know that we can play with these big dogs. That it doesn't matter who they put in front of us. That Cade Cunningham can lead this team to wherever they want to go. So don't be surprised if Oklahoma State makes a deep run here at the end of March. But like Oklahoma State, man, they they have a bunch of dogs, and they're that mentality of they're all underdogs. Like they're not supposed to be there. Oklahoma State is not not a basketball school. That's another home. school where they're like, not what we we play basketball in the winter? <laughs> exactly. So. I'm I'm very excited to see what they do going forward, but Texas, like I said, is a very so- solid team all around. And Oklahoma State, man, they 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 got they got some dogs. Yeah, I think that that's 
with Cade Cunningham being able to lead them, I don't know. Well, I'll talk a little bit more about it in our bonus episode because I see so many similarities between them and the Trey Young Sooner team. Mm-hmm. It's just so so eerie to me. I'm I'm nervous about them moving forward. Uh, I'll go ahead and let you gloat for a little bit because you kind you kind of get to rub it in Jim's face with the ACC tournament. Florida State made it to the final, which I think is more than you were expecting out of them in this run. I, because, I thought I thought they'd lose to North Carolina in the semifinal. Yeah, but they did barely get over them. And then they could lose to Georgia Tech by five in the final. What? It, does this prove your theory that they're frauds? I don't know yet because watching that, watching that, because I watched each ACC tournament game because it was on ESPN, blah, 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 but I did watch those in depth, and Florida State did kind of gain me some respect. Okay. Because now, because I, I see what they're doing. That big Polish guy in the middle is a stud. Um, they have they have some good wings, some NBA type guards as well. They're a good team, but man, Georgia Tech, that's a that was a team fighting for their lives because they they weren't necessarily a tournament team. And I'll tell you one thing: if you want to see a video of the nicest human being in college sports, go look at this Georgia Tech head coach because I he's the most positive person I've ever seen in my life. I sh- I, I shit you not. He had a they they played his voicemail during the not, during the ACC championship game, and it was literally two minutes long saying, "You are a damn good person. You are respectful. Man, you are the you." are as good as you will ever be and just being so good like he's saying the nicest things and the two minute long voicemail i don't know whoever is gonna wait that long to leave a voicemail message after that but look georgia tech some of the best some of the best defense i've ever seen florida state turned the ball over i believe it was like 11 times in the first half which is ridiculous Mm -hmm. but that is a kudos to what georgia tech was able to do um it worries me of florida state a little bit because now there's the recipe in play to beat this team and teams are going to try to replicate what Georgia Tech did. So that's where I'm a little worrisome with what Florida State may be going forward. But Georgia Tech, man, they, they could they, – there's some sleepers in, in March. They could be one of those uh, – I'm not sure what seed they are in the tournament, but they seem more like a 12-5, you, you know. Oh, I, well, Georgia Tech is 8-9. Eight, nine, eight, they're 8-9. Eight, nine. Nine. Yeah, they play Loyola so, Chicago in the first round. Mm, that's one of the better games, too, yeah, the weekend. I think that's going to be a sleeper game for the opening round for sure. Uh, let's move on to the Pac-12. I don't think we have to touch on the Big East. Georgetown beat a mid-major. I mean, that's the George Georgetown was that was a hell of a story. Don't get me wrong. Patrick Ewing leading his it's the first time in Big East or I think Big East history that a player that a person has won the tournament as a player, then also won as a coach. Patrick Ewing doing that was incredible. They had a deep. They had one of the craziest runs. They knocked off Villanova, knocked off Creighton, um, knocked off UConn. I mean, the list goes on and on. Shout out to Georgetown because they, that was a that was a good run. They had to do that to make the tournament. So do you think they're bit Steelers? Do you think that they'll know who Patrick Ewing is next time he goes I back sure, to MSG? I sure hope, man. Because if those Madison Square Garden employees don't know who Patrick Ewing is now. I, I don't know what to tell you. Just go get a job somewhere else. It's the guy like, from Space Jam. Like, oh, my gosh. The the, the extra in Space Jam, right? Yeah, yeah the, the third lead spa- in Space Jam. Space Jam yeah. Like the third most talented NBA player that they took talent from. I'm just being a dick. I know. I know. Uh, let's move on to the Pac-12 game because that was a, a pretty big one. Colorado, unfortunately, comes up short. Uh, but you were kind of saying before, does, does this kind of help them? Is this a situation where maybe – I don't know. You sometimes we talked about it when we were playing. You didn't didn't want to go undefeated because then you think that you just can't lose. Being shown that you can make it to the championship and lose is that going to somehow is Tad Boyle going to be able to make that a positive? Well, look that that Pac-12 championship game. They're up against a team that was literally fighting for their lives, quote unquote. Oregon State had zero 
And I mean zero chance of I, making the tournament. Yeah, they did, They weren't even on my mind as a team who could qualify. They were not a team that was even close to making the tournament. And Oregon State had that mindset of win or go home. And mm. CU knew they were in the tournament already. They knew that they they were the number two seed, I believe. Not the one seed. Number two seed going into the Pac-12. And what they're able to do now, you can shake that win off, hopefully. Or, the, excuse me, shake that loss off and hopefully – propel that into the tournament but they do have to face a tough georgetown team in the first round but that they're going to have to lay off the backs of mckinley right who's a stud dallas walton who's a c who i believe is a ca grad um i i, I played against him in, in middle school and then they have some other studs there for cu but tad boyle has got those boys rolling uh they just ran into a buzzsaw in order state but i think cu should be fine I, yeah, I think that they'll be fine, and I, they have some pretty good matchups going up against Georgetown at key positions. Um, their point guard situation is a lot better than what the Hoyas have, so I think winning might have been better. You might have had a nicer number next to your name, but I don't necessarily know if you would have gotten a better matchup. Yeah. It's still going to be a tough game, but I think it's a game that they can win and, and at least get to the round of 32. Other, other than that, who knows? Uh, anything else from the conference tournament weekend that you kind of wanted to talk about? Um, we, we, we touched on a big ones. Um, we look what's conference tournaments. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a way to try to deter how your bracket's going to go. I think the biggest, one of the biggest takeaways from the conference tournament was the Duke not be able to play that them, them being, um, ousted because one of the walk-ons got COVID and they couldn't play. And then Kansas as well, having that problem. They were the number two seed in the Big 12, and, or sorry, excuse me, number three seed, and they couldn't continue in the tournament. Mm. So how, I don't know how well that's going to play into the, the actual March Madness. Um, those are the two biggest takeaways. Other than that, I know you got some friends, friends from Gonzaga. Gonzaga, they did struggle in their conference championship game against BYU. And BYU is not the greatest team. So that gives me a little bit of worrisome. But they do have basically a two-week off period because, like we said, we talked about Gonzaga winning the WCC last week. Yeah. And, and so they've had they've had a very long time off. So hopefully they're, they're able to get it going. I, I, think, I think that it would take too big of an upset. And the only thing I see about Gonzaga, especially this year, and I think they were undefeated last year before the season got ended too, yeah. right? Yep. The last two years, nobody's been able to beat them. I know that we talk about they, they don't play anybody, but they still haven't lost in two years. It's the same thing with Clemson. Clemson going into going into that LSU game where they ended up losing the national title, those kids hadn't lost at the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. And that's that does something that does a lot for your confidence. So I think that's where I'm kind of leaning on Gonzaga. But we'll talk more about that on our episode Friday. Let's move into some grown men basketball. Yes, and, sir. and well, starting off with a no, actually, <clears throat> did you see the Lamelo highlight? Because it's been all over everything. ESPN. Of course, I have. Like, look, everybody loves Lamelo. Lamelo. He's Ble- the, he's the most likable of the three brothers, I think. Yeah, because Bleacher Report just just they're they're the on they're on the ball. I, I saw a funny meme that the Toy Story meme was like, I don't want to play with you anymore. The Woody one is like. Bleacher Report when Kate Cunningham comes to the league and, and then dropping LaMelo Ball saying, I don't want to play with you anymore. Because <laughs> that they're going to be all over Cade next year. But LaMelo, is, the hype train is there, and the Charlotte Hornets are, are playing well. Yeah, that's that's an interesting – didn't expect that at all. Michael Jordan's finally winning as an executive. Who would have thought? For the first time ever. <laughs> ever, yeah. Uh, Carmelo, he passed Hakeem, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon on the scoring list. He's now 11th all-time. 
I know that you have some mixed feelings about Carmelo, especially the way that the trade kind of fucked the Nuggets for a while. But does this, like, is this still, what does this mean for him as a player and his legacy, I guess? Look, Melo is one of the purest scorers in basketball history. I'm not saying he's the greatest scorer, but he's one of the purest. Mm-hmm. He, 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 at any point, whenever Melo was at his best, you know you could get a bucket from him. He has one, whenever you put, you're put on quote-unquote Melo Island, one-on-one off the wing, you're in trouble. Because look, Melo had one has one of the greatest one on one games from the wing I think I've ever seen, and there's no like look Melo is going to go down. We'll be a Hall of Famer. We'll be a damn good player for. Um, we'll be we'll be go down as one of the best players of this generation, no doubt about it. But he, this is just adding to the legacy. He's he's only missing one thing, and that's the ring. That's the only thing that he's missing. Because everyone from that draft class has a or excuse me from that top five has a ring, including Darko Milicic. Well, Mel's the only one. LeBron has one. D Wade has one. Bosch has one. Darko got it in his first year. Mel's the only one. That's the one thing that's that's been haunting him. It don't mean a thing unless you got that ring. But I think it, it's an interesting. I, I don't even know as a Nuggets fan. Can you be proud of uh, of him? I mean, is his number? Do you think when they retire fifteen? Do you think they're going to give him an honorary retire retiree kind of? Like, like I said in, our, in my blog a few weeks back, it's the number fifteen will be retired by both Jokic and Melo, because Jokic is on pace to be the greatest Nuggets of all time. Yeah. And I, I know it's very early to be saying that, but if he continues on this pace for so many years to come and he stays a Denver Nugget, like he said in the press conference last week. Um, he will be one of the greatest ever Nuggets of all time, and that 15 will be up there with Melo and Jokic. So it will be some time until we see, excuse me, that number in the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on for from the Nuggets, we might get back to them in a little bit, but Blake Griffin, we talked about it last week, got traded to Brooklyn. What have, what have you seen so far? Out well, of he, well he hasn't played yet. So he hasn't? He has oh, not okay. played yet. He's been hurt. Um, he, hasn't, he hasn't made his debut, quote-unquote, um, but Blake Griffin, like they, they did get him in a buyout situation, which is very nice. But for, for Brooklyn's situation, I've seen so many rumors that Brooklyn is literally looking for anybody available. I've heard them in the rumors for Andre Drummond. I've heard them in the rumors for Marcus Aldridge. I mean, you name it. Every single person that is available on the, on the, on the buyout, buyout situation or the trade block, the Nets are rumored, which I don't understand because the Nets don't have much cap space anymore. And this is this is the definition of win now. Mm-hmm. The definition of win now. Oh, they're screwed. Organizationally, they're screwed. Them and the, and the Rams are probably the two most out-of-whack franchises based on, just on draft picks. They're like, oh, draft a rookie? How gauche. Let's, let's bring in an old guy that's won an MVP and, and see how that happens. And in this case, it's let's bring in a guy who jumped over a key in the dunk contest one year because that was pretty sick, right? Yeah, it was pretty right? cool, yeah. Um, and in the East right now, it's still 76ers. We were kind of we, – 76ers without Embiid going down with the injury is going to be big. I'm very interested to see how they go on from there. Luckily, Embiid, knock on wood, it wasn't a bad injury. It was just a, it was just a um, bruise, I believe, um, but it wasn't – ACL, MCL tear at all. So luckily we'll be able to see him back soon. But without the, without him for the next two or three weeks, I'm very interested to see how this how the Sixers team goes because the burden is going to be on Ben Simmons a lot the next couple weeks. Yeah, I think that's going to be – right now they're 8-2 and two in their last 10. And the NBA is one of the sports where you kind of go based off 10-game splits. And 
they're staying right where they need to be. They're a game ahead of Brooklyn. But really in the East, I don't know if seeding matters all too much, especially near the top. It's more the bottom teams who you don't want to run into first. So Atlanta definitely wants to move up past the 8 seed because they don't want to see Philadelphia in the first round. But I think Brooklyn and, and the 76ers can kind of wait it out until closer to the playoffs. Um, for for everybody else in the East, what, are, what do you see at the trade deadline? Let's go just the top three because it's Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee. Um, are, do you think the Bucks are going to maybe make a move? Because we said before Giannis signed his mega deal, we said that they would have to kind of show him that they're in the market to win. What move makes them in the market to win? I, I still think Milwaukee is arguably one of the top two teams. I still give them a slight edge over Philadelphia. Um, the Bucks, I don't think, need to make a lot of moves. I think they just got he- get healthy at the right time. They they got some dogs over there. Like I said, Drew Holiday is one of the most underrated pickups this offseason, although they gave up way too much for him. But it, it is it, it was a very, very good move for them. But the Bucks, I think it's just going to be tough. The Bucks stay with a three seed, though. A team that people are sleeping on a lot, the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat have won, I believe, it's it's 10 in a row now. Or so, or it says four in a row on four, ESPN. Four in a row, either way. They're 9-1 in their last 10. Yeah, 9-1 last 10, there you go. Uh, but the Heat have been on a roll, and if the Heat get stuck in that five to six range because they got late at the wrong time, you do not want to see them in the first round. If the Bucks face the Heat in the first round, that's a nightmare matchup, mm-hmm. nightmare scenario. So that's where you got to look at, like, okay, the Bucks are now playing matchup-wise because you're probably not going to get the one seed in the conference. Now you got to try to see what's our best path to finally get to the Eastern Conference Finals and then to the Finals after that. Are you saying that they're going to tank on purpose so not that they get a tank, better position? Not necessarily tank on purpose. The NBA? They tank in the NBA? Oh, Say could, it could, so. could, couldn't be the NBA. No, it, it couldn't. Be they would never. How how dare they? That's true. But, yeah, the, the Bucks. like I said, the Bucks are going to have to get things going at the right time. Like I said, you don't want to waste your gas way too soon. Yeah, I think they've done that the last couple of years. You never, you want to win. You want to hang championship banners. You don't want to hang president's trophy banners. And the Bucks have been the president's, quote-unquote, quote, president's, president's trophy, yeah, trophy winners in the NBA. Yeah. But uh, I think that they're finally ready to actually win in the playoffs instead of just winning the regular season. The West, we have a new number two seed at, at the wild, moment. Wild, wild West. What the hell? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you why. Anthony Davis is still out. Yeah. And he's got another three, four weeks possibly out. The Lakers could be in trouble. Look, well, they're, they obviously have the kind of money and they can make a move to kind of they could de- they're, they're trying to do, make moves, but I mean, look, the Lakers are gonna have to do something different because, like I said, it's 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 basically Space Jam. It's LeBron and a bunch of scrubs. Like, look, it's it's like LeBron is LeBron is gonna have to carry this team a lot without Anthony Davis there. Their Lakers team is looking for de- to Dennis Schroeder to be the number two scoring option, and LeBron's thirty seven. He's thirty seven, man. He he cannot do he's this. A, he's a, for- yeah. Okay, maybe he can. I take that back. I'm gonna say he can't do this forever, but it seems like it's gonna be on forever. But you gotta get him some help or some for some reason if you're Lakers because you are not looking good without Anthony Davis. This is where that Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma situation would be. It would make all of the difference. Imagine, Kuzma has has been playing well. I'm, I'm not saying that he hasn't, but I, I I think that it would be a totally different situation if they were able to get. Uh, if they were able to have Ingram instead of Kyle Kuzma. 
So, I mean, the the Lakers are surprising that they've dropped from one down to three. But I think even more surprising, at least to me, because I haven't been paying as much attention, you live basketball right now, and I never do. But the Suns up to the two seed, I mean, I know the Chris Paul move helped them a lot. Is this all the Chris Paul move, or is this other things along with Chris Paul's veteran presence? Well, Chris Paul, his veteran presence, and then also throw in what Devin Booker has been able to do and the development of DeAndre Ayton has been a huge uh, increase. I mean, this team has been doing incredible, no doubt about it. Um, I still think Utah is very, very overrated at the one seed. I think if the number, if the eight seed is Portland or something, look out for upset watch for the Jazz. But look, the the Clippers are still looking to make deals. Um, the Suns made one of the best additions too that that people aren't talking about enough for the Suns is Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder was a t- or an inter- integral piece of that Miami Heat team that made the finals last year. He was one of their best defenders, and he has he has been a stout. Um, defender night in night out he goes out there guards the opposing team's best player and has been doing a great job with that so look the Suns team has everything you want you have a leader you have a damp you have one of the best pure scorers you have a big a young big man who um who who was who was on the rise and you have a wing defender that's exactly what you need to win this west yeah that's right, every single piece that it's nice to have in that that shutdown defender, I think, is a part of the game that's overrated because the game is so offensive heavy right now. But <clears throat> I go back to the Golden State teams, and yes, they had the Splash Brothers and they were prolific scorers, but Clay, Clay Thompson locks down the other team's best offensive player. Exactly. Clay Thompson and Audrey Iguodala were key parts of those teams. Without those two being as good defenders, that they don't get where they probably are. So where they were, excuse me. So with the Nuggets, when do we trade Jamal Murray for one of those lockdown defenders? Because it's getting a little bit painful at times. It is getting very painful. God damn, Jamal going one for sixteen the other night against Memphis, and then not showing up again. Man, he look, Bubble Jamal is not here. He he was playing better, but now he he's just gone and. I don't know if if we're in a spot where should we keep waiting to see if if because we see what Jamal's potential is, but he can't do that on a nightly basis. And if we can't have that from your second best player, then you're not going to be a contender. Jokic is still doing incredible things, but Jamal is not doing what he should be. Mm-hmm. Mike Michael Porter Jr. has finally gotten to form a little bit, but like your number two is is your one of your lowest scoring players right now. That is not ideal at all. And the Nuggets right now, we're still a six seed in the West. So, like, we're still a team that if we hit, if we get on a big winning streak and get out of this hump, which we are on a five-game winning streak right now, don't get me wrong, and now we have – or not five-game winning streak, sorry. We were on a four-game winning streak, and then we now we have a five-game homestand coming forward. But we um, – this Nuggets team, if we hit the stride at the right time and get everything in click – then we'll be fine, but we we have not seen it at all from Jamal Murray at all. Yeah, that's been one of the biggest disappointments. I thought that we had the emergence of the second superstar. Everyone was saying before a season that Jamal is going to be the number one superstar. He's not the number two now. No, he's not even the number two right now. No, it's the same thing that who's the other guy? He's on the Nuggets bench, but you're like when he's out there, he thinks he's the one. Well, Barton. Yeah, yeah well, Barton it's it's the same now. thing with Barton. It's. And not the one, the two, the three, the four. I'll go LeBron, not five, not yeah, six, you're, not we seven. We might have Jimmy go out on the court and shoot a shot before you do at this point. That's, I know that's that's too far, but that's it's painful, man. I'm hoping we we are able to get this back going though. That's for sure. 
All right, all right. We won't keep, keep bringing you down with the Nuggets talk. Let's talk about some football because free agency is on. And as somebody who's in into sports management, like sports agency stuff, I know this is a, a, as exciting of a time for you as as any other. But there's been some pretty big moves that we've seen happen already. But I think we we talked about it a little bit last week. This is going to be the craziest free agency period that we've seen. It is the quote unquote NBA free agency version of the NFL. <laughs> yes, this is. It's a different place than the NFL usually is because. We're in such a salary cap crisis. I I mentioned it last week. 16 of the 32 teams were at or above the salary cap. The Saints were one of those teams. They were playing, and they thought they had turned salary cap mode off in franchise, but they were absolutely out of whack with what they've been doing. So that's that's causing it to be a little bit more extravagant than we've usually seen. But a lot of the guys that have been cut have been re-signing to the same team, uh, which is not something that I thought we'd see. But let's start. Uh, actually, before we get into free agency, let's just t- mention Drew Brees officially did retire. We kind of already gave him our our farewells and goodbyes yeah. because I didn't think that it would take four months after the season ended. For I, I think the the whole I mean, look, Drew Brees does things with a with a purpose, and it was I believe fifteen or fifteen to twenty years after. Um, he got signed to New Orleans, I think. I'm not. I'm not. Fifteen years after New Orleans, he's been in the league for twenty. Yeah, fifteen years after he signed into New Orleans, so I think that's why he did. He did, he does things with a purpose. But don't get me wrong, Drew Brees is is one of the definitions of a first ballot Hall of Famer. It should take literally the committee as long as it took Peyton Manning to get into the Hall of Fame. Twelve seconds. It should be yes, yes, yes. All over our sport entered in the Hall of Fame right away, and. I'll always remember Drew Brees for his pregame speeches and and the pregame hype ups and all those f- fun things that we that we either try to replicate when we were kids or whatever it may be. I think we had a couple that were better. We had a couple, yeah. But I mean, look, Drew Brees is no no doubt about it. Hall of Famer had a hell of a career. He he owns a lot of the records or shares a lot of the records in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it it is time. It's unfortunate he was only able to get one ring out of it. But it is what it is. The dude is a Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's a strange situation because he went from being a division rival to a guy that you could root for kind of in the NFC every year. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I, I even remember his time on the Chargers coming in with LaDainian Tomlinson. And we would watch them a lot because that was Dom's team. He loved LaDainian Tomlinson, so we always watched the Chargers. And I remember that injury. I remember – I don't know why I remember it so vividly, but as he's walking off the field, he's holding his arm out here because he doesn't want to – he can't keep it at his side. It was painful. And that's the last time, you know, I was questioning whether or not we'd see him in the NFL again after that injury because that was the big thing they were talking about. And then going on, not getting signed in Miami, going to New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina, I bring everything Super Bowl to that city. Everything, everything definitely happens for a reason because I don't know if any other quarterback goes there. That team is able to rebound the way that they have. But it's one of those stories. Him and Sean Payton are definitely going down in NFL history. And they're right. both going to be Hall of Famers at, at some point. And he def, he brought Louisiana football to what it was. Every single person that has, has stepped into the LSU locker room that has, has lived in the state of Louisiana and played football, you know who Drew Brees is and what he's been able to do for that city. And for that reason, he will go down as a legend forever. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's get into some free agency. A guy that we thought was going to be retired and be, start becoming a legend. That's where I, I want to start. Rob Gronkowski re-signed. With the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a one-year, ten million dollar deal. Um, I'm almost certain that's a lot of incentives. It's not yeah. going to be a huge, huge thing right up front. 
are you surprised by this? Or you, did you kind of expect this after they won the Super Bowl and everybody's talking about, oh, we're going to run it back, we're going to run it back? No, you're, you're going to run it back. Like, there's there, – I wasn't – there wasn't that much of a shock to me, honestly, because Gronk is Gronk. And if Tom Brady wants Gronk back for another year, he will have Gronk back for another year. Gronk will play for however long Tom Brady needs him. Let's put it that way. Gronk play with Brady. Gronk always play with Brady. Gronk will never play for another quarterback other than Tom Brady. Um, But, look, the Buccaneers are trying to reload. They franchise tag Chris Godwin. Um, So, they're going to – they loved what they saw out of um, Gronk in the Super Bowl especially. And the Buccaneers get in the playoffs again. Who's to say that that Gronk won't come back again? Yeah, and – that franchise tag is a little bit different than what it normally is. That was a mutual agreed upon. I'm going to franchise tag so I can stay here because Godwin doesn't want to leave, doesn't want to play for anybody but Brady either. It's not like he wants wants a whole bunch of money and not anything out of it. The other signing that I think is worth noting for the Buccaneers, they were able to re-sign Shaq Barrett four years, sixty-eight million dollars. There's a possibility of four million dollars in incentives based on sacks and whether or not they go back to the Super Bowl. Honest, I, I gotta I gotta think that it gives you like it pains you a little bit to see a guy like this get paid like that because the Broncos should have done it before he left. The way I see it is if we paid him what Buccaneers paid him two years ago, and that we would not be able to make this. There's no shot in hell this would have been able that, to go. That's why you pay him early so that it's not as high of a price tag. You, got, he, you could have locked him up for another five years. He, w- he would have either tried to get out of his deal or he would have tried to um, get paid more. There's no doubt in my mind because you don't sign a player of Shaq Barrett's level, what he was on the Broncos, to a six-year deal. Like you give him a two-year deal, and then if he plays like he did in, Buc- in Tampa Bay last year for the Broncos, you have to get rid of somebody. And, and the Broncos were able to keep Shelby Harris. They just signed him. And we were not been able to pay Shaq Barrett this. I am very, very happy for him. He was able to do that um, and get paid the way he is. And he's a Super Bowl champion again. Um, it's more than well-deserving. But, look, he would not have been able to get, take, get that money here in Denver. No, I think it's one of those players that you wish could have stayed in Denver his whole career. Uh, another big one that they re-signed was Levante David. They, cut, they didn't even cut him. I think they were able to just – renegotiate his contract and that's big for them and that was actually kind of also big in bronco country because there were there were two linebackers that went on free agency right away that you think if the broncos somehow land these two it makes them exponentially better and that was matt milano from buffalo and that was levante david in tampa bay we thought maybe he'd want to test the water somewhere else but levante david is tampa bay football there was there was no way if they were able to make some sort of a deal anywhere close to what his value was, he was going to stay. He mm-hmm. wants to be there, and I think that whole team wants to stay together. That's that's exactly one of the, what they're doing. I mean, one literally. of the craziest cultures that they built in the, within the 365 day period. Everybody loves being there, and everybody wants to just keep playing there. I mean, look, the Tampa Bay. If you're Tampa Bay, why the hell not? Do you bring everybody back and see if Devin White can be the best linebacker? He already is in the in the conversation, but be solidified as the best linebacker in football. Then Antoine Winfield, see if he can be the best safety in football. Mm-hmm. And then make Chris Godwin and Mike Evans solidify their legacy. And then throw on Gronkowski being one of the greatest tight ends in NFL history. I mean, the list goes on and on. Look, this team is just trying to create history. You had a magical run last year. Why the hell not make sure you secure everything what you had and then add more pieces in, in the draft and going forward? I really don't want Brady to be the, the guy that breaks the back-to-back curse, too. He's the last quarterback to win back-to-back Super Bowls. I don't want him to be the one that, 
does it like 20 years later. I hope that they don't repeat, but everything that I'm looking towards right now and everything that they showed last year, it's almost a guarantee that they're going to be representing the NFC in, in the, the in the Super Bowl next year. Especially, I think they're, division, they're going to be division champs. What, yeah, their division with, got with, a lot With worse. what New Orleans did and get, signing Taysom Hill to that ridiculous deal. That, that contract is invisible. That that deal is ridiculous. So I don't know how good the Saints will be. I think the Buccaneers, is their division lose. Um, they were the underdogs going into the playoffs as a wild card team. Now, now they got the target on their back. So let's see how they do with that now. Yeah, but now all those guys are Super Bowl champions, so that'll be something different. Um, are you surprised that the Broncos haven't been quick in free agency? Well, I didn't think they were. They were able to, like I said, lock up Shelby Harris. That yeah. was number one option. You franchise tag Justin Simmons, so he's a Bronco, no doubt about it. Um, you did the two necessity things. You you brought in a corner, Ronald Darby, which I think he like. You you didn't need a number one corner in free agency. They no, got a decent. You need a number one corner in the draft. Yeah, you need a number one corner in the draft. You got a decent receiver that can play a slot. Who who was a few who was a few years removed from winning a Super Bowl in Philadelphia. Uh, he he's going to bring a veteran leadership to that cornerback room. Now you just got to upgrade that position more. The biggest the biggest necessity now is what they do with Vaughn. Because that decision has to be made very this Tuesday, very very soon. It has to be very soon because, like I said, Bud Dupree just got off the, um, just got signed by the Titans as well. So edge rushers are flying off the board like no other. And the one thing you got you got to realize with the Broncos is the Chiefs. You saw what the Chiefs, the recipe for the Chiefs to lose was or to beat the Chiefs were. Get to get to Patrick Mahomes. Well, they just let their right tackle and left tackle go. So that means you have to have two edge rushers. I don't care if it's Vaughn and Bradley Chubb or Bradley Chubb and somebody else. You have to have two edge rushers to compete in this division. That's just a fact of the matter is. Yes, the Chiefs signed Joe Thune, but look, they don't they still are gonna have they're gonna be very young on the offensive line. They made the worst decision by letting those two walk at the same time, especially. The, especially what happened in the Super Bowl. There's especially what happened in the Super there's Bowl. There's rumors that they're trying to re sign them at a at a smaller contract, which that's honestly what they need to do, but letting two all-pro caliber linemen walk, or you want to talk about Green Bay, we've we've bashed their organization. You, you need an owner. It's time to time so, to quit with the fan ownership. Everybody buys a stake in the lasted. team. It's it's ridiculous now. You let Corey Lindsley go, and and one of the guys because I tweet I retweeted it on our far end of the bench account, and somebody responded, "Well, they just weren't able going to be able to match that contract." You had since the end of the season to somehow get something together, and that's a guy. That's the kind of guy where you le- get rid of other pieces that maybe. That's I, I, in my opinion, I would let Aaron Jones walk before I let Corey Lindsley walk. Yeah, especially with that, especially with that running grip, running back group they have, and and the fact that running backs are popping up like AJ Dillon was a rookie last year. Mm-hmm. You can find rookies in places and make that cheaper, but they can't run behind not an All Pro offensive lineman and look the way that they do. The UTEP two-step is only there because Corey Lindsley was dominating the middle of that of that defense as the center, and now they're not going to have that. Good on the the Chargers. That makes I was going to say the Broncos had the best offensive line now that the Chiefs let Schwartz and and Fisher walk. The Chargers and, don't have much else behind besides Lindsley, though. So it's it's, it's like. between the Broncos and the Raiders, but the Raiders did yeah. just let Trent Brown go back to New England. So there's a. It's been hot and it's been hot and heavy. Pause. It's been fast and yeah. and everything like that. I don't think it's going to slow down. I think we're going to still see even more players that are in their 
ninth, tenth season, and they're not star players, so they're expendable. Guys like Patrick Peterson, where you know that they can still play and they're still very good, but they're definitely at the tail end of their career and they're not going to be worth fifteen million dollars a year. Yeah, that's 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 what like like I said on last week's episode, we're going to see a lot more competitive season. I feel like this year because like I said, there's so much movement around. All these teams don't have so much money allocated, and now you're in the situation where you where these lesser teams with cap space are going to be able to sign better players, and there's going to be more competitiveness all throughout. Yeah, I, I think that we're just getting started, so be sure to stay tuned. ESPN, a great follow. Turn on notifications. Adam Schefter, I think once an agent gets a deal done, he gets a text message. Adam Schefter details. and Andrew Wojnarowski, the automatic follows if, yeah. you're about, if you're a sports fan and need up-to-date news. And shout out Adam Schefter because he did start out in a – in Colorado. Colorado. He was yeah. a Colorado guy at first. Uh, real quick, before we move on from football, we mentioned – I did. A, we went through the top five picks in my first mock draft last week. Let's go through the next five picks because the Broncos are involved in that. We got my Bengals pick, uh, but let's, let's go through this. So pick number six, Philadelphia. Remember I had Devontae Smith being the first receiver drafted last week. Uh, I have Jamar Chase getting drafted by Philadelphia at six. Kadarius Toney, another receiver to Detroit at number seven. Justin Fields fell to Carolina at number eight. Patrick Sertan to Denver at number nine. I think that's a slam dunk if that if they stay if at nine. He somehow falls to nine. I'm hoping he does. And then uh, at number ten, Dallas Rashawn Slater, uh, tackle from Northwestern, um, especially now to protect their six uh, six hundred hundred twenty six eight twenty a hundred and twenty six million dollar man. Yeah. Wow. The only the only problem I have with that is I don't think the Lions will reach that high for that receiver because I think it's the top. It's not look this receiving class is not as good as it was last year. It's not as deep as it was last year. So I don't think the Lions will reach that high with a wide receiver. That's the only the only cause for concern I have there. Um, besides that, like I said, I think Justin Fields. I don't know if he's going to fall to eight because there's rumors he could jump into the top five. I'm hearing trades. things now where quarter there's going to be four quarterbacks taken within the first eight. Which would be very interesting if that happens, and the Broncos are going to get Patrick Sertan with ease. Um, but like, look, there's 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 trades. There's a bunch of different things that could happen. Justin Fields and Carolina. If Carolina can't make a deal for Deshaun Washington, which they are in the sweepstakes. Excuse me. There, that's that's the direction they're going to look to is probably Justin Fields, because look, Justin Fields. You could it could be an interesting scenario because. Carolina has a pretty good offense to build around him. Like I said, Christian McCaffrey coming back, DJ Moore coming back, Robbie Anderson there. They do have a good young offensive core. Maybe Justin Fields has some success in it. So uh, that'd yeah. be an interesting interesting pairing. And Matt Rule is also a guy that's a couple years removed from college and Baylor runs the air raid kind of system that Ryan Day does at Ohio State. So it would be similar. And I think if you want to talk about trades, I think we can possibly see Carolina moving up uh, to yeah, trying love, to get to Miami. Yeah, they love Justin Fields that much. They'll jump ahead and get him because they know they're going to have to get in front of Atlanta because Atlanta is going to take. Atlanta is going to be one of the teams that take a quarterback early on. Yep. That's that's pretty much a given. They're giving up on Matt Ryan. Whether or not you think that's a good idea is is up for debate. Um, of the three corner, because there's three cornerbacks. Uh, Moody's the other one that I, I know the and name Caleb, of. And Caleb Sertan. Farley as well. Of those three, is Sertan the one that you want the most? 100%. Sertan is is, uh, is is the guy that I want. What he was able to do in the national championship game, um, locking up, was it Wade? Mm-hmm. 
yeah, he was able to lock up Wade pretty well in the national championship game. So that's that's the guy I want more than anything because, like I said, be able to pair him with uh, Bryce Callahan and then OJ Mudia and then now Ronald Darby. That's a pretty good pretty good core to have at corner. That's a core that I can trust <laughs> to hopefully be able to um, slow down the Tyree Kills, the McCall Hardmans, the Keenan Allens um, of this division. Is there any way that you would think Broncos go linebacker at that spot? Because there's a couple there, of linebackers that they could draft at, the, at number the, nine. The, some of the mock shots I was seeing out there was the, um, I think it was Mo, Mosley, Daryl Mosley from Alabama linebacker, and and he he's been dropping down some boards. So I believe he could be a second round, third round snag yeah, for the Broncos. Second round, third round. Second I round, was thinking, yeah. I was asking for nine, the number. Nine yeah, I, I know what you mean. That's that's what I'm saying. I think there's better depth at the back end for mm-hmm. linebackers. There's not like a linebacker that you're like this guy can be. The, he's going to start right over Alexander Johnson, Joseph Jewell. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a guy at nine that could do that. Sertan is a guy you're going to plug in right away, be a starter. Yeah, that's that's why I think you could go later later rounds and fight a linebacker. Okay, uh, I see what you're saying there. That was just something that's been brought up. Like I said, I listened to the Denver Sports Radio Show, and that was one thing because their their two biggest holes are cornerback and linebacker. You can't really go wrong if you pick either. And Micah Parsons and Jeremiah Akuso more more. Uh, I did not get that right oh, at all. Geez. Didn't even get close. close. Um, but the guy from Notre Dame is going to be there at nine and. And those are interesting spots, and we've seen what drafting a sideline-to-sideline guy does in uh, Tampa Bay, Devin White. And Pittsburgh, up until he got hurt, Devin Bush was a thorn in the side of that entire defense. I remember his rookie season just absolutely demolished the Bengals. Uh, But there's obviously going to be way more moves made as we continue to get closer to the draft. Um, So then we'll we'll wrap that up, and we'll get into some, some hockey discussion here. All right, so so NHL-wise, I don't really want to talk about too much. We are going to be able to get our full NHL talk done. We're going to be on the Tell It As It Is podcast. Um, and I think that's at Tell It As It Is on Twitter, but that'll be coming out Thursday. We're recording Wednesday, so we'll get to talk all about the Avalanche. But just for our listeners, they they looked good. They swept the Kings in their last two, and, and they were playing very well. That second line with Kadri looked looked up to snuff. Are we five-game winning streak now? I think so, and we did did just move up to third. We were fourth in the playoff standings going into the series, and then we jumped over St. Louis, um, who just signed Bennington to a six-year, thirty-six million dollar contract. But that's look, the Avs are we're finally seeing where we are. Look, like because. I'm going to keep barking on this every single week until it happens. He's barking, Boomer. <laughs> Grubauer is playing outstanding. He did look good last he night. He's playing damn good. Mm-hmm. But for fuck's sake, give him some help. Because every single time we throw another goalie out there, we're getting our ass run. Well, like, Tell me if I'm wrong. Because like, every time no. I throw on the abs and we and Grubauer is not in net, this game, the game's either a one-goal game or, or we're losing a game that we shouldn't be. There's, there's a couple things. I think... Losing the playing in the one goal games, I'm not. I'm actually kind of enjoying those a little bit more because we saw last year. You're not going to be winning playoff games unless you're playing against the Stars seven to six. Yeah. That's just not going to happen. So get experience in those one goal games. Really, that the defense plays well, but when they give up a a shot, it's a perfect shot. They never give up a okay a, an okay look when they get a shot put on goal. It's a very good try, and that's why Grubauer's had to play lights out, and he did. Uh, almost got a shutout in the, in two straight games. Ended up giving up one from the blue line that he just never saw. 
It's really just the defense losing and losing in the exact wrong way that you wouldn't want them to. Like, they don't lose their defender, but there's somebody else behind them. They get split by somebody who I've never even heard of. It's not like Miko Rantanen's out there dangling between four guys. Um, it's it's something that we're uh, we're going to have to see an improvement. But I think once EJ gets back, once Bl- Byram and, and McCarr— gets back into form. Uh, That's I, another thing. McKinnon's, McKinnon's not, played like shit, and I don't know what his deal is. It's, he, he, it's taken him a while to get going, but like I said, we don't want him winning the MVP trophy. We, we, it would be nice for him to play at his best, but if this team is playing good and McKinnon's not even in his full form, yeah. then, then we'll be just fine. When McKinnon, we got we to gotta make sure everybody else is up to form, and then McKinnon play like we know we've seen him play, and then we'll be just fine. Yeah, and uh, I think— Because like I said, we're in games without McKinnon playing well. And and he he absolutely he didn't play very well last night. But the second line, like I said, with Kadri was was outstanding. We still I don't know what's going on with Byram and Makar. They get random upper body injuries that nobody knew they had yeah, up until do that. They they got to get those guys back and consistently because if you pair them with a healthy EJ, that defense is going to start plugging the holes that we're seeing. But right now it's everybody knows how to get through the Avs defense. And it's putting the goalies in a bad position. I don't think Miska is a good enough goalie to be a backup no, in the NHL, not, anyways. But they're not even giving them any kind of a chance. You're giving, you're getting everybody a Gretzky look, and it's it's not going to go well when you don't have your star goaltender in there. Gruby's been great. I, w- I won't give, other than that San Jose collapse where he also played like crap. I won't give him any slack for the way he's played this season. He's actually kind of proven me wrong. But there is a lot of help that he needs in front of him. That's that's a situation where you could see the Az make some moves for some, um, for maybe another veteran defender um, or or another necessarily wing player that that has cup experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I think we could see that the trade deadline because I don't think the Az will swing and miss on a on a Evgeny Malkin. I mean, of course that'd be beautiful. It'd be really uh, nice. I mean, I don't know if that I would love that. I think Evgeny happen. can still play a little bit and that would be an interesting offensive weapon to it, add. It, it'd point. be very nice, don't get me wrong, but I think we you may see the Avs do a smaller deal similar to like we said, similar to the Kadri deal last year. Yeah. Um, that we didn't really that flew under the radar, but still is a really, really key oh, piece. Getting a great yeah. two way two way forward. That's that's all you so can ever ask for. So I think we could for. see a deal at the at the deadline similar to the Kadri deal um coming up before the deadline happens. As long as Kadri continues to stay out of the box and no stupid penalties, I will be perfectly fine with whatever he does. You can take the t- player out of Toronto, but you can't take the Toronto out of the player. Imagine if the Leafs still had him and pair him with Austin Matthews. I don't know. The Leafs aren't the smartest organization around. Don't get me wrong. What? Are you kidding? I thought the organization that hasn't won a Stanley Cup since 1967 would have it together. That's true. I don't know if that's the actual date, but if but it is. But it's been a very long time. <laughs> if that is, credit the Love Guru, because that's the only reason I know anything about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, also... They're not the Maple Leaves because they are actually named after the singular leaf. Leafs, yeah. They are all together a group of leaves. Yeah, like, like singular leaves. It's not a pile of it's, leaves. It's weird, I know, but it's singular leaves. <laughs> the Canadians love to butcher the English language, so I think that's what we chalk it up to. Let's go ahead. We'll get into our break here from our partnerships, and then when we come back, we still have Bench Warm of the Week to get to, all of our segments, What's Brewing, Beats of the Week. Uh, so we'll be right back with more of the far end of the bench here on the Unhinged Sports Network. What's up, bench warmers of the Unhinged Sports Network? We got another thing to, to get to because, you know, nobody likes dealing with cable companies in 2020. 
And here at the Unhinged Sports Network, we wanted to cater to you guys to go into the new age, cut your cable cords with Fubo TV. We have a new link, a new partnership. You can go to the link in our bio, and if you sign up for a subscription through that link, you will kick back a little bit of money to the Unhinged Sports Network so we can continue to bring great content all across this platform. And we got big things coming up in 2021, so you're going to have to to get in on this, and we're helping you out in the process. Yeah, make, make your life easier, man. No one likes dealing with cable companies. You don't get half the channels. Um, sometimes there's blackouts. That's not present with Fubo. You can get whatever you want. I can watch Sunday Night Football with no sweat. I can watch the, or, TN, or I can watch basketball on TNT anytime I want. Um, get, be sure to use Fubo, man. I'm definitely going to be using it. I hate paying for cable, so I'm going to be using that right, right now as we speak, if we're being honest. And I want to make sure to get on that deal so now it's your turn to do the same. Help out the Unhinged Sports Network. Cut your cable cord. Come into the digital age. Thanks, guys. Benchwarmers, we have another new partnership that we're talking about, Atemi Sports. We reached out to them, and they were gracious enough to offer us an affiliate position. So we have a new link in our link tree, at Pod, Instagram and Twitter. Go there, because they got great resistance bands for working out. Also good resistance bands for PT if you're having to overcome an injury, because I know we have a lot of uh, athletes that listen to the show, and then also with the men's league, we might have to invest in some Atemi Sports bands so that we can recover after games. Yeah, we're going to have to stress ourselves out for sure. But, I mean, it's a weird world we're living in. Gyms being closed, whatever it may be. Um, wherever you are in the country, check out Timmy Sports because, like I said, those bands are great for at-home workouts. If you don't have much, you, you use a cheap price, just go through our link. You can check out whatever they have um, and get you in a quick workout in, not even 30 minutes every single day, and stay in shape during these tough times. Yeah, use the link in our link tree and make your purchase through that way. It comes a little bit back to us so we can continue to make good content for you guys and continue to uh, work through our technical difficulties that we've been dealing with throughout this show. So Atemi Sports, follow them on Instagram at Atemi Sports, also on Twitter, and then use the link in our link tree when you go and buy your, your workout equipment and your resistance bands. All right, we're back, bench warmers, far end of the bench, episode 32 here on the Unhinged Sports Network. Uh, be sure to go check us out at FEOTB Pod for all the links to the partnerships that you just heard. There's also still time to get into our March Madness Bracket Challenge if you haven't yet. Uh, and you can submit as many brackets as you want. We got yeah, like I said, we had we had somebody put in twenty five. Yeah, <laughs> you can put in however many you want. The, I mean, I'm not gonna say like that you have a better shot of winning because you probably don't. It's more impressive if you win with one bracket. Well, yeah, it really is. And having twenty five brackets, like you probably fuck around for twenty four of those and yeah. have one real bracket. Everybody, no shame. No yeah. shame to the guy who put in twenty four. We appreciate it. There's gonna be a lot of competition, uh, and the winner will get one of our blue. Uh, FEOTB pod shirts that we have and then we'll also buy you one of the white ones from the unhinged merchandise sure, store sure, yep. so we we got some be sure to get in on that because that's going to be great um we we wanted to start off let's let's start off with uh we didn't do most dominant team of the week or bench warmer of the week so let's do those first um my bench warmer of the week is you struggling to find it? Yeah, no, you I got, got it. I got it now. My benchwarm of the week is the year 2020 because it did what it could to try and stop all the championships. But hey, we bounced back in a year. Here we are. It sucked. It hurt. It hurt for a long time. 
But look where we are now. Uh, remember, just remember, this time last year, we were we were so deprived we were of sports yes. that we were waiting on the last dance every single Sunday. That's the only amount of sports we got every single week. Or binge watching Tiger King. Yeah, exactly. So look, we are wait we are we are slowly getting to where we should be finally. The world's getting back to normal slowly. Things are things are opening up with the, the we're we're flattening the curve. Things yeah. are getting better. We've put in the work and we're starting to see some starting progress. Starting to see and finally twenty twenty one has some bright spots. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Who's your uh, bench warmer? My bench warmer it's easy. New Mexico State. Ooh. Kick rocks, bro. Oh. Yes, sir. First oh. this, is the, this is the first time New Mexico State has lost the conference tournament since 2015 six years and it was it was cal bakersfield and you lose your first conference championship to a team that is your rivals in the lopes baby we swept the regular season against you guys we beat you in the tournament by 20 man it's fun man hell yeah new mexico state uh aggies are are my are my bench home of the week Oh, I'm sure we're once he I I wish Jonah was here because we're going to record our bonus episode after we're done recording this. Jonah would have had some fun with with yeah. that one, I'm sure. Um, most dominant team of the week. I'll let you start with most dominant. My team. most dominant team of the week, like like we talked about this team a little bit earlier. Um, it's the Georgetown Hoyas. Like we said, what they're able to do in the Big East tournament. I love the Big East tournament. Like I said last week, the Big East tournament is one of my favorite tournaments to watch every single year. doesn't matter how good the competition is. It's just because it's in Madison Square Garden. It's in the basketball mecca. Uh, it's always good competition. You ever, never know. There's always a Cinderella team that comes out of that, out of that tournament. Mm-hmm. And what Georgetown was able to do with Patrick Ewing and knock off, like I said, Villanova, Creighton, and UConn in back-to-back-to-back games is something to be said. So give me the Georgetown Hoyas for my most dominant team of the week. Yeah, I don't think that they're – I don't have as much confidence in them going forward into the tournament as you do, but I think – Well, I, I mean, I don't either because they play CU in the first yeah. round. But, I mean, it's still – I just think cool. it's one of the, it's one of the best weeks in college basketball that we've seen, especially this season. Uh, my most dominant team of the week is the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche. They had a, their first – I think their first season sweep – against Los Angeles Kings. And those were two, like, the Kings were playing very tough, especially yesterday's game. That was the one that I was kind of able to watch more of because they were right on the cusp of playoff positioning. The Avs were pretty comfortably in the four spot, and then they moved up to three. But the the Kings are still jockeying position with uh, the Ducks and the Coyotes and uh, the Sharks. So it was a good, solid couple wins. I think they outshot. LA 87 to 40 something over I those two games. Looking at the looking at the box score of one of the games and it was like 45 to 21 shots on net or something stupid like that. Yeah, they uh they didn't give up many chances. Like I said, they are giving up very good chances, but Grubauer almost got a back-to-back shutout. Ended up giving up one late in the third period yesterday, but they played they finally played like the team that I thought they were going to be. So I'll give them credit when they do that. And like I said, we'll we'll have more uh, hockey analysis on the Tell It As It Is podcast coming out Thursday. So be sure to check Nico and I out on that uh, with Griffin. Griffin is the name of the host, so mm-hmm. that'll be fun. Now, all right, let's get into our uh, our not new segments, but I, we're gonna have to figure out some sort of a, a name. I'll for propose this. a name, maybe maybe the partnership segment of the, okay. of the week. We'll we'll send a poll. I'll I'll I'll, I'll go live. What you what you guys think are the name should yeah. be? But we'll have a couple that. We'll what, what, what should we call this part of the show? But let's start off with what's brewing, presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at High Alpine Brew. You can also check them out on Facebook. Uh, good friends with Scott over there. Go back and check out our um, 
our bonus episode that we recorded live from the brewery with Coach Schaefer, Coach Pfeiffer, um, and a couple other friends from Gunnison. My What's Brewing, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. We're going to have one heavyweight champion two. again. Well, and we're going to see the twice. They're well, we're, we're going to see yeah. two fights, but we're yeah. going to have one true heavyweight champion for the first time, and I can't remember how long. They have signed a two-fight contract to unify all of the World Heavyweight Championships. I believe it's WBC for Tyson Fury and then WBO, WBA, and all that kind of stuff is with Joshua right now. But it's possibly the biggest fight, especially in recent heavyweight history, but especially in British heavyweight boxing history. This is the the end-all, be-all. This is what they wanted to see. I'm glad that they decided to do this instead of a third uh, Fury and Wilder. Wilder fight because Wilder's just he's. I think he he really took that loss in a bad way. I don't think I want to see him box. Well, especially for a while. what Fury was able to do to him that fight and dominate him, and then the yeah. white flat or white towel be thrown in as well. Like he dominated him that, the whole fight. No, and, and the, well, and the it, excuses afterward really kind of. I feel like that messed with his head a little bit more than we probably know. Yeah, I think Wilder was just coming in like, I am the most dominant, blah, blah, blah. And Fury was like... Bomb squad! Yeah, Fury was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm, I am... What? Fury is like, I lost 200 pounds or something stupid. Yeah. Or I lost, I lost a ton of weight. I'm in shape. I am the best heavyweight in the world. And he sh- put on a show. And I'm very excited because Joshua... If it wasn't for that Ruiz fight, uh, Joshua, would, that, yeah. Joshua would probably be... I think it'd be argued as the best heavyweight in the world. I think I give Fury the slight edge, but it all I mean, it will all be decided here in the next the rest of the year. Without that Ruiz fight, uh I think we see Wilder Joshua earlier than we would have seen this fight coming up. And if you're watching on YouTube, I am trying to wrangle a puppy. I don't know if it's on screen or not. But it he's, is. It he's, is he's being screen, yeah. he's being a menace, and I can't get him to calm down. So that we're we're working through the adversity. Um, but that's my what's brewing. So what's what's brewing for you? My what's brewing, man. This is this is a little bit of a hot take. Duke basketball. I don't think they're a powerhouse college basketball team anymore. That is a very hot take. Uh-oh. Yes, I know. Very very hot take. But look, they get the talent every year. Don't get me wrong. Duke still has some of the best talent for, in college basketball every single year. But they can never win, seem to make it all the way to the Final Four yeah. and win it. It's been a very long time since we have talked about Duke being in the national championship, being the best team in the country. It, it has been a while. Yeah. And, and you can't, and although, yes, you, you can yell at me for saying Duke's still a powerhouse because of their name and what they've done in recent years or d- done in their history, um, but in recent years, they're not what they are anymore. And look, yes, they've had Zion, yes, they had RJ, but they didn't even make the Final Four with that team. No, they, like, look, they had the talent. But they have never been able – they have – actually, not never. They haven't been able to put it together for a very long time since, I believe, Kyle Singler and John Shire. I was going to ask you. Actually, I got back. I think, I think Marvin, Marvin Bagley and um, – oh, God. Nolan Smith and, and uh, Grayson Allen was the last one. So it's been uh, a minute. I remember Grayson Allen. I thought – I was going to ask if it was all the way back to Christian Leitner. Was no, no, time. it's it's they they've been competitive then, since then, but like I said, recent years they have not been what they were. Like I said, you don't see Duke as the number one team in the country anymore. They are a middle of the pack kind of ACC team now. Yeah, their wrestling team is is kind of building up a lot of momentum now too. So it's interesting that their basketball is falling off right at the time they're building up another program. Um, it's I, I liken it to kind of Iowa because Iowa is the wrestling dynasty that I think Dan Gable had 
the longest winning streak of any active wrestling coach in NCAA history. But now they fell off for a while. They're starting to come make their comeback a little bit, but it's kind of like they're the powerhouse of the last millennium. They aren't, they aren't the powerhouse that we've seen since then. So uh, I, I like that What's Brewing. Again, What's Brewing presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company at High Alpine Brew. Uh, go ahead, go off the hinges. I'll let you go off the hinges first. My off the hinges, man. Look, it's I, I'm, I'm what we've seen in the NBA this year. Centers are not being seen as MVPs, and it's pissing me off. Look, I, I I talked about Jokic not being in an MVP conversation, but now Embiid not getting the love he deserves anymore is pissing me off too. Everybody's still looking at the guards game and and Embiid and Jokic. It's no longer there. It's no, it's not their, it's not their league. But I'll tell you right now, we are seeing dominance from the big man position. Whether it be yes, I hate saying his name. Rudy Gobert has been playing well. Nikola Vucevic for the Orlando Magic has been playing well. Sabonis, um, Anthony Davis when he's playing. The, this is a big man's league still, and they are not getting the love they deserve, man. This, look, we got look. Seth Curry changed the game with a three-point shot, but what these centers have been able to do now, but by playmaking and be able to do more than just than just post up the, their smaller defender, is incredible for the game, and the big men deserve a little more love. You kind of I, I only know this because I was the one who posted the blog, but Dennis, you're one of the personalities on Three in the Key and and the host of Sports and Things actually argued the exact opposite in his blog last week. He is one of the people who thinks the big men. Well, while it's nice to have and having a dominant player on the court is never a bad thing, it is not as necessary as it used to be. It used to be like the Shaqs of the world, and that's kind of what he was using it as. None of these guys could go up against Shaq one-on-one right now. The Shaq in his prime was yes. different. Yeah. That's, look, <laughs> there's very few people. He's still the standard of big men. There's very few people in the history of the game that can match up to Shaq. So that's why it's unfair to match them up with Shaq. Well, I, I match them up rather with the with the Mikhail's the the birds of those days, and I can tell you right now, I think Jokic and B. Don't no offense to Mikhail and Bird and Parrish and all those guys, they are legends of the game. But I think they could if match up. If we had any listeners better. in Massachusetts, they just they're gonna off kick right the now. shit out of me. I'll, Jim, I'm sure is probably losing his mind at me hearing about this. But look, I think the big game, big man game, is evolving more and more. And yes, we don't see the shacks anymore, where the guy's 350 pounds leaning on you. But now Jokic standing at 280, 275 and being able to post guy post anybody up he wants mm-hmm. and then also be able to have a soft touch around the rim. Oh, that baby hook is beautiful. It's beautiful, man. So I, I love it. I love the big man game. I always will because I, like, I, I played the big man, although I wasn't I was the biggest kid in, in high school. Yeah. Like I could shoot a little bit, but like I, 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 have, I have respect for the big man game. So oh, they know. We, they heard their our bench extravaganza show. We were we're not scorers. We no. were we we were the biggest kids on the team up until like eighth grade true. though. Uh, true. My off the hinges presented by the Unhinged Sports Network at Network Unhinged on Twitter. I don't understand why there's still division shaming, and I, it's something that goes throughout all sports. But when I was I was heard about it. So the local sports station, the morning show, Mark Schlereth is one of the co-hosts of the morning show. And I listen to him because he's funny. He's kind of, he has similar takes as I do. But this morning he was talking about the Bucks in their scouting department. And they've found three, three starters, three of their five starters on their offensive line are division three guys. That's, that's not true. One of them is a division three guy. Ryan Jensen and Alex Kappa. We talk about Ryan Jensen. We tweeted about him a couple times because he's a CSU Pueblo alumni. And if you know anything, they're Division Two, 
and he was corrected. They have a text line. He was corrected. And, oh, what's the difference? Division two, division three. They're not knocking on the door of the big sky. <laughs> They're not division one. <laughs> and I, I think, I think that's so outdated to think. We've seen so many great players come from these division one, a division two, division three levels that you can't say that there aren't people who could play at that level anymore. There's less competition. They're not playing against as many guys on their level. But they are still able to be successful, and they're still in the top 3% of players who played in high school. Mm -hmm. Only 3% of players who will play high school athletics will go on to play in the NCAA or NAIA at the college level. So I think to shame somebody because they didn't go Division One and they're Division Two or Division Three players, that just doesn't sit right with me, and probably because I was one of those guys. But I played with guys that I know could play in the NFL. I've played against guys that I know could play in the NFL. Hell, I was on the team with Austin Eckler. He just got paid in in San, in Los Angeles last year as as a running back. These guys can play. It's not like it's Division One and then nobody else knows how to play football. The the way the way I see it is the stigma of the stigma of there's not good players everywhere is false 100. Um, I think the difference between the big D1 schools and lower schools is the depth. I think top to bottom. Every single guy on the Alabama roster can play. The, the, the guys who don't get minutes on the field can play anywhere. But in some of the necessary lower-level guys, the D2, guy, D2 guys can't play on D1 schools. But there is talent all the way across. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's, it's, it's one to behold for sure. You go back to like, like the lower-level conference. One of the reasons why March Madness is so big is because these lower-level schools that don't get to play these big schools everywhere and then that aren't at the top – uh, aren't seen in front of everyone's eyes every single week. They get their chance to show why they still are great players at every single school. Yeah. I just don't understand why we have to shame somebody for being at that level mm-hmm. because it's, and especially if they're playing at the professional level, division two, II, division three doesn't matter. They made it to the point where you're talking about all these great division one athletes did. They're playing at very high levels. Alex Coppa played six games last year with a broken arm. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Jensen, I think, other than Corey Lindsley, was probably the best center to play in the postseason, especially in the NFC. It's just, I get what they're saying. I do understand that there's a difference between Division One, Division Two, and Division Three, But we shouldn't disparage somebody for being a Division Three All-American or a Division Two powerhouse of a player that made it into the NFL and is actually thriving. We shouldn't pull those guys down. We should build those guys up and then celebrate them just like we celebrate everybody else. This is, I mean, I'm full, full, full on agree with that. Like I said, I played D. I didn't, I didn't play, but I was, I was a part of a D3 program my my freshman year of college, and there were a lot of great players on the team. Like I said, like there, there are, there are, look, playing because both of us started and played in high school. We we did not start playing college. We we weren't we weren't the guys on the team in college. And there's so many great talent, so much great talent all the way across the country. There's thousands and thousands of high schools, mm-hmm. and there's only X amount of players from each high school that gets to play the next level, whether it be D three, D two, D one, whatever it may be. NAIA too, throw that in there too. All those deserve respect because they they don't they get another chance to play at the next level and they still have the dogfight cuz imagine in high school you have your niche you have your group that you played so long with you have the, your buddies that you played elementary school football with that you know but you go across the country you go to a different school where you don't know anybody mm-hmm. you go into a place where you have to compete and you have to find out who the best is that adds another advantage to it it doesn't have to be D1 where that is 
Yeah, and it's not like your winter conditioning at a Division three college was any less difficult <laughs> than my winter conditioning yes, exactly. at Division two, or any different than the conditioning at Alabama or any of these Division one schools. There's differences in what you do around it. Because like I didn't have a personal chef, you guys didn't have a personal chef. Sure. Alabama gets to go in, and they have a personalized menu down to the kind of chocolate chip cookies that they like, whether it's chocolate chips or chocolate chunks. I don't know, but there's there's something to be said about not bringing somebody down who's succeeding that wasn't at the same level. I, I like that off the hinges a lot. That might be one of the best ones we had for sure. That's that was the off the hinges for this week, uh, presented by the Unhinged Sports Network at Network Unhinged. So now let's move on to what's on your screen. I'll just go ahead and get it out of the way. It's both, I've been, both of ours are very easy. Yeah, you could guess. You guys <laughs> know what we're guess. You guys know what we're talking about. March Madness. I went through and found every single college wrestling on the guide today for Directv, <laughs> and we're supposed to get snow again. Uh, by the way, in Colorado, we had. It was quote unquote ten feet of snow. Well, it was only about two and a half, three feet. But I mean, it was it was interesting yesterday because I think everybody's collective reaction Saturday, and you were obviously you were inebriated, so there was another level to that. But it's like they were talking about five feet of snow, and this is just so light. And then Sunday came, and it, it was dumped. Yes, it, it was. Dumped. It was. I saw it was on TikTok. It's like. This storm is like somebody t- bragging to you about their eggplant, and then you see it, and it's just underwhelming. And then the next day, it's like, I take it back. I take it back. Exactly. I, back. I, I live on the third third floor of my apartment complex, and I, I, I the snow was – like at one point, I could not see out my window because it was just straight white. Mm-hmm. Like it was just blizzard snow. Yeah. I could not see out my window except just white. I could see my my uh, porch. But besides that, it was all white. Like, it, like I could not see out – my da- farther to the mountains. My dad and I had to push our trucks out of the, where they were parked on the side of the street. And there was, I think, probably about two feet, maybe two and a half feet. But we haven't had two and a half feet of snow in so long. You forget how deep two and a half feet can be. And for cars, the fact that I had to push my brand new truck out that has four-wheel drive and was weighed down by the snow in the back, that was just crazy. Um, so that's what we were dealing with. Luckily, I have an underground parking, so I got lucky. Yeah. But I haven't had to drive my car in, 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 since the snow started. Luckily, so my. But I'm be, I'll be watching every single session of March Madness. That's what's on my screen, presented by Fubo TV. My what's on my screen is every single March Madness game. More importantly, Saturday GCU versus Iowa. If I am not there, which that could be. We, Jimmy and I, more than likely will be uh, casting that too. Yeah, so I'll be on the lookout cast. for that because we are going to be. I don't know if they have announced it yet, but we'll be a part of the color cast, quote unquote, tournament. Yeah, whatever it may be. Their March Madness. I'm not. Sure, I can't remember the name. So of we're going to we're going to try to announce a bunch of the games going forward. We'll figure. We'll we'll relay all that information as we get closer to it. But look out for that because, like I said, if GCU makes a run. Fire me up. I, it's going to take a lot to beat Iowa, but if yes. they somehow do it, it'll be a lot of fun. It was, It's going to take a lot. Uh, you, you thought you had to th- um, help me with names before. College oh, basketball is going to be I, another will, I'll help you big time. Iowa has a – there's a lot of I, – I, I've watched – like I said, I've watched a lot of the conference championships, and I know a lot of these players' names now. It took me a minute, but Jeremy helped me out. So Jeremy will, he'll, Jeremy will help you out in the bonus episode too. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so that's uh, what's on our screen presented by Fubo TV. I actually did just start my free seven-day trial. That's how I was able to watch the Avalanche yesterday. So it does work, and it does. You get a lot of channels, and they have different packages. So the one that I started my trial for was just the basic, that was sixty-four ninety-nine. I don't think that there's many cable contracts that go down to sixty-four ninety-nine. So 
Fubo TV, and we talked about it earlier, Fanatics, all the links in our bio for all of our partnerships. You have to use those this yeah. week. Like this month especially. Yes. Because we because look, we are gonna be sitting on our ass watching sports a lot for the next month and a half, two months. And if you're if it's snowing outside like it is in Colorado and you're stuck at home, you get Fubo. And then if you wanna get some of that gear and you can't go to your alma mater and get their gear, use the Fanatic stuff. And then since you're sitting on your ass and gonna gain a little bit of weight before spring and summer starts buy some resistance bands from Atemi sports That's using true. our link and stay stay in shape that way um, so those those are our, our partnership segments uh, for the week so now we can get into our normal ending of the show segments and then wrap up episode 32 and get ready to record our bonus episode that you guys will be able to hear Friday on the unhinged sports network starting at 1 p.m. Eastern uh, but let's start off with we did bench warmer of the week and most dominant team so let's start with beats of the week uh, mine, it was a team that I said a couple weeks ago could be the number one team in the country. Kind of fell apart towards the <laughs> end of the season and then uh, in the tournament. I don't know what the hell happened, but Michigan plus 220 to win the tournament right now. There, You can obviously put down money on anybody that you think has high odds that uh, you don't really see a realistic shot. Michigan... For as bad as they fell apart, I do still think that they could. They're talented enough to have a yeah, shot down. Juwan Howard will have those boys rolling. There's no doubt about that. Um, from my beats the week, I'm gonna tell you right now, all three are stuff I'm gonna be. Bet- I'm gonna personally be betting on. So if win some money with me or lose some money with me, either way, uh, my first one, like I said, the ACC champions Georgia Tech mm-hmm. are facing Loyola Chicago. They're a plus one twenty five underdog which I think is a little disrespectful considering what Georgia Tech was able to do in the ACC tournament going through um, going through Florida State and in and, and North Carolina and all, or they didn't play North Carolina, excuse me, and some of those other good teams. Uh, look out for Georgia Tech to be an upset watch. Loyola Chicago in a lower conference. Yes, they had that run a few years back, um, but Georgia Tech looks like a team to be to be reckoned with in the first round. Yeah, I think Plus 2025 is pretty good odds too. If you're on uh, FanDuel, I know you use BetMGM. Uh, look for the live bets too, because I think that's. Oh, where I live can... bet the hell out of games yeah, too. Yeah, that's if you're gonna lose. You're more likely to lose on the uh, before and after game bets, but like the live betting is where you can kind of hedge your bets and save a little bit of money. My next beat of the week: Alexander Pavetkin plus two eighty against Dillian White. I actually think this is happening at the end of the month, so not this coming weekend. It'll be the following weekend. Um, I think it's the same weekend as UFC 260, which is stupid because that's a heavyweight UFC card. Boxing, I think that boxing is still good. They're still really good boxing, but they're kind of missing the boat on everything promotion-wise. But Povetkin's plus 280 against Dillian White. Heavyweight's one of those weight classes where you can bet on the underdog because everybody can get knocked out really easily. So I think Povetkin might have a little bit of a bounce back. And Dillian White... Hasn't really been the same since he got beat by Joshua early on in, in Joshua's first title reign. So I like Pavetkin to beat Dillian White this weekend plus two or next weekend plus two eighty. I don't hate that at all. Uh, my my next my next beat of the week, another conference winner, Oregon State. Um, the winners of the Pac-12 tournament. They did just, like I said, they were bid stealers at the end of the year. 12 seed. They're taking on number five seed Tennessee. Tennessee. Um, Kind of, kind of got an upset watch. They, they, they were projected to do a little bit better in the um, 
excuse me, SEC SEC tournament. They didn't do as well. Oregon State, like I said, they they're playing for their they're on they're on a roll. And when it comes to March, you gotta look at teams that are getting hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. Oregon State is one of those teams, and they're at plus two hundred. I like those odds. Um, I I expect them to cover too because I believe the cover is plus eight and a half. Um, so I, I I would I would maybe bet that instead of the money line. Um, but like I said, Oregon State Tennessee that's gonna be a good game first round. Yeah, and Tennessee will kind of come up later in one of my other segments because uh, not in the good way. They might be an honorable mention for bench warmer of the week with, with what happened. Um, but my last beat of the week, I think you still might have to use a bookie to bet on the NCAA wrestling tournament because I couldn't find it on any of the major app sites now. But if you still have a bookie, there's probably a lot of a good lines in that one. Uh, I think that Iowa should be on most people's list if you can bet on the team that's going to win. Iowa, according to my little, just my predictions, they would have eight All-Americans and 108 points minimum from all of those All-Americans. So I think that they have kind of the the depth and the Brands Brothers have built that program back to where Iowa wrestling could be a legitimate contender for a national championship every single year. And this would be that first year that they could take that step. So I think if you can put money on Iowa to win the team national title, this year at the March Madness tournament. I, don't, I mean, like Iowa, Iowa is not going to be my friend this weekend. I'll tell you that, but I don't hate that at all. My my last beat of the week, like I said, I'm going to be watching the GCU Iowa game in depth. But the other game that I am going to be watching in depth is the CU Georgetown game. Over under for that is 138 and a half. I'm going to tell you right now, hammer the over. Hammer the over. Both these teams are going to score it well, uh, especially CU. CU puts up points like no other. And George, Defense. Yeah, George, Georgetown is going. To, Georgetown is going to come out firing. Um, that's a that's a pickup game to me. I think both teams. Like I said, I, I kind of have a little bit of love for both teams because I loved Patrick Ewing, Dikembe Mutombo, AI, Georgetown, and then CU, obviously the hometown team with my two older brothers going there. So that's a game that I'm going to keep my eyes on. But that's that's one 138.5. Hit the over on that. There you go. That's that's the beats of the week. Like Nico said, he's going to be putting all the all of every. Oh, I would I would I would take a wild guess that I am going to be betting on almost every single game in some way, whether it be the over under, be the spread or something. Because I just restocked my account because I bet it all on the conference championships, and I was like, oh fuck it, let's throw all the money in there, just let them take that. And then I restocked it for this weekend specifically, and we are going to lose all that money this week. There we go, and and you will know how good of a weekend Nico had because, like we said. I think it was on the UFC bonus episode. When you have a bad week of betting, you don't tweet that you had a bad, bad, bad week of betting. You just tweet the family guy, here, just take just this. Take you want to bet on a team? No, just, just, just take, take it. That's yeah, fine. Exactly. Just take my money. All right. So uh, that's Beats of the Week. Let's go to Player of the Week next. And I'll start because we do have an honorable mention. We mentioned the uh, Coach Pfeiffer being on our bonus episode from Gunnison a couple weeks ago. Well, the Division II National Championships happened over the weekend. And Pat Alice, who I remember calling my last year, it was his freshman season. And he qualified, was an All-American as a freshman. And he took fifth in the national tournament at 125 pounds for Division II again yesterday. So shout out Pat Alice. Uh, it'll be Sunday by the time you're listening to this, but shout out Pat for winning and and winning fifth and getting an All American slot. That's huge to be a two time All American, um, one of the more recent wrestlers from Western to be able to do that. So shout out our friends over at Western Colorado University Wrestling. Uh, but my real player of the week, Nazem Kadri. He's got 20 points on the season and he's kind of been the starter for the offense the last few games. 
going back to that loss they had against Anaheim, he was the one who opened up scoring, and then he had a beautiful feed yesterday on one of those goals. It was Kadri's uh, up and down with me because he makes all these great moves, and he's a really good second line center. Everything that you want. He, but he, he could has, spend 15 minutes in the box in a exactly. series. He's a guy that you just like shake your head at times, and you're like, "Damn, is Kadri really doing this to me right now?" Yeah, but I think that he's uh, he's picking it up at the right times because the Avs are going to have to start kind of sprinting down the stretch a little bit. Oh, 100%. My player of the week, man. I'm going with Javon Blackshear. Javon Blackshear, he was the he was the catalyst for GCU in the WAC championship. 19 points, seven boards as a point guard. Um, Javon Blackshear played at Shadow Mountain High School in Arizona. I went to one of his high school games. He was coached by Mike Bibby. Yes, jacked Mike Bibby, the, the, the one with popping out of his Jordan sweatsuit. Uh, but Javon Blackshear, he was a stud. He's going to be a big, big player in the first round for GCU in the first round. Um, Javon, like I said, he showed out for, for – uh, he, he was a, he's a sophomore now, but set for a second-year starter, small point guard, a dude went off in the WAC championship game. So Javon Blackshear is my player of the week. Yeah, I, I don't really – I thought we were going to have the same person because you, or, cause you said Javon, and I was like, wait, I have a Javon for one of my segments, but it was a different one. <laughs> different one, yeah. My, for player of the week, I'll start this one too. Javon Quinterly from Bama had just a smooth coast-to-coast. I saw it on, on TikTok the other day and goes behind the back at one point. Everybody's falling down around him, and then – I think he jumps over one of the defenders who fell from Tennessee and just lightly rolls it in off the glass. It was just uh, – it's weird because I shouldn't be watching Alabama basketball and being like, that was cool, but that was pretty cool. That and, was pretty cool, yeah. Um, for my, my play of the week, I'm going back to that same game because of, because of how much I loved watching every single game. But I'll say this twice or say this ten times fast. Ashbourne Mitgart, the seven-foot wonder – 11th wonder of the world or whatever wonders. I don't know. It would eighth be wonder, eighth of wonder of the world. Eighth, oh my God. My geography is Or terrible. ninth. We, we ninth, could say yeah. ninth because Andre the Giant was the eighth wonder <laughs> yeah, of the Ashford world. Ashford Mickard, the ninth wonder of the world and one slam. Basically put the nail in the coffin of the game. New Mexico State was slowly creeping back, but Mickard with the and one slam um, over the top of the defender. He, he is going to be a big player in, in locking up Luca Garza. Um, he, he is going to be a guy that, that needs to step up for GCU in the first round of playoffs. But, yeah, Mitt, Mitt Guard, he's he's a Wichita State transfer, and the dude's an absolute animal. So that's my player – or, excuse me, player of the week. Or play of the week, excuse me, play of the week. All right. Yeah, I'm looking real quick. I want to see if there's uh, – if we can find the radio call of them winning the championship. I don't – I'm not sure – no, no, yeah, that's there, not. There it wasn't a whole lot of radio calls, but I mean, yeah, it's it's. I didn't know if GCU had like a, a dedicated radio station. Those are, especially like a tip in dunk. I had a I had a tip in finish, and those are always exciting. But a tip in dunk like that, I can't imagine. It, it's a strange kind of phenomenon because when you're calling a game from inside the gym, you kind of take on whatever energy you feel, and at that moment when you're. Because uh, with Utah with New Mexico State, Utah Valley, I'm thinking wrestling Utah, still. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still thinking wrestling. State. But <clears throat> New Mexico State, as they're making that comeback, and you're GCU, well, you're I'm like, come on, come bricks. on, don't do this to me, don't do this to me. And then you get that dunk with the N1, and you're just like, ah! It's... It, it, felt, it felt so good. Because when he, when he had the N1, I was like, yep, 
That's we're, it. We're, we're, we're dancing. That's we're, it. we're dancing. We're going dancing. Was, you could you could go back through the Twitter feed. I I had the Carlton dancing uh, uh, gif and, and no com- and no caption and whatsoever. And just me dancing, losing my mind because man, I I feel bad because I was over at Jeremy's, which who was on the bonus episode. I was watching the game at Jeremy's house and um, his parents were home and I was yelling at the top of my lungs and it was like nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night because yeah. it was a late game and I felt bad, but you know what? It's worth it. It's it was worth, worth it. it. Not getting, not getting invited back to the fears anytime soon, but Hey, that's <laughs> fine. Um, so that's going to be it. That's, that's all our segments. Be sure um, to uh, go back and listen. If you missed any part of this on the unhinged sports network, it'll be available on demand right after. Thank you guys for listening to episode 32 of the far end of the bench. Be sure to check us out. Like we said on the tell it as it is podcast Thursday. So the day after you're listening to this will be available on that podcast feed. And we're going to be talking all things burgundy and blue, which I'm super excited about. And uh, I listened to a couple of, of Griffin's episodes. I think he and I are going to be more on the same page. We're much more of the negative, oh, shit, the sky is falling kind I, of fans. I, I, I'm, the, I'm the positive side because of the amount of shit I've been through with, with that team. That's true. But uh, we'll be on that podcast, so be sure to check it out Thursday. Then, as a, another reminder, we will have a bonus episode Friday, March Madness Pick'em. We did the bowl season Pick'em. It will be a full, in-depth, every single game possible yeah. Pick'em. It is can't miss. Like I said, Jimmy and I are going to have, we'll have all our full predictions. Um, Jeremy as well, his full predictions, Jonah, his full prediction, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait for y'all to listen to this. Cause like I said, we have two lopes on the pod. We'll have two lopes on the pod and um, I'm sure we'll have some heated conversation with Jeremy because his Indiana team also just fired their head coach. And he is a very, very diehard college basketball fan. Yeah, he's going to be fired up about that. That'll be on Friday on the Unhinged Sports Network, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern. Our normal time slot is where you can hear that live, and then it'll be obviously available right after that on demand as well. Be sure to follow us at FEOTB Pod, all social media. We're going to start getting back on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Far End of the Bench. Hit the notification bell. Uh, you can leave comments there too. We'll read all the comments and, and tell us what you like, what you agree with, don't agree with. Um, and then be sure to subscribe on all your podcasting platforms as well. Leave us a rating and a review there. That helps the podcast grow. It's an easy thing to do. It takes like two seconds. Leave a rating and five star rating and a review, and that'll help the podcast grow. And then, uh, and then don't forget to join in our t- bracket challenge as well. Yeah, yeah. The bracket challenge is still available. You get so. to compete against myself, Jimmy, Jonah as well, who you'll hear on Friday, and then Jeremy. Yeah, and then if you uh, win the challenge, you get a free blue shirt. Yep, and far into the bench, and then we'll buy one from the unhinged, unhinged shop as well for you. Unhinged shop. So with that, I think that's everything. If if I'm missing something, we'll figure it out on the bonus episode. For myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host Nico Bryant, this has been episode 32 of the Far End of the Bench, and we'll see you guys Friday. Lopes up and peace out. When the night is cold and lonely. This is a dollar belpy. Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices, I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Now I'm feeling like I'm ahead of me. I'm getting to it, feel like the man.